Welcome to Covenant's Pulpit Ministry. Covenant Evangelical Free Church believes that the Bible is the Word of God and that God's Word is vital for life-transforming Christianity. We trust that you will grow to know the Word of God and more importantly, the God of the Word as you hear this message today. May God bless you as you open your heart to His Word. Good morning. I was reminding myself that today I'm not service leading, so not to say welcome to Covenant EFC, but welcome to Covenant's Pulpit Ministry. Yes, and Goy, you just spoiled my first liner. No, just joking. <laughs> yeah, my first time preaching in BBJ here is actually back in 2018. And at that time, I was actually preparing to go to the mission field. So in 2019, I came back to Singapore just to settle some visa matters. And it was then that I had two epilepsy episodes of which I had no medical history of. And since then, I started on anti-seizure medication and the doctor's advice is it's not wise for me to be based overseas. So I entered into a season of waiting, waiting for the Lord to speak what's next for me especially when the door to overseas missions seemed to be closed at that point in time. But you know that waiting, yes, it was in the unknown, but it was also a waiting with hope and confidence because of a promise that God gave to me in Isaiah chapter 43, verse 18 to 19, that He is about a new thing. So just last year, July 2021, this new thing that God promised came to pass. That though I will not be in the overseas mission field of which my heart is very rested, He has placed me in the mission field right here in Singapore. And as Guoyi had mentioned, I'm now with the home missions. While it's not just ministering to one nationality, God gave me the privilege and opportunity to minister to five nationalities. And praise be to God, since this March, I have stopped my anti-seizure medication and I had no recurrence thus far. Indeed, praise be to God. You know, I'm sharing this with us is because the waiting was with hope and confidence because of what God had promised and also because of who God is, that He who promises is faithful. And I also believe that's for the Thessalonians too, that even though persecutions were still ongoing, they could still wait for the Lord's return in hope and confidence, taking to heart the exhortation that Paul gave to them in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 1 to 11. See, the Thessalonians were concerned about the date and time of the day of the Lord. Paul, in verses 1 to 3, reminded them that it should not surprise them how the day would look like. Pastor Darwin shared with us two Sundays ago that it would be like a thief in the night, sudden and unexpected. And like a woman going through labor pain, sure and unavoidable. So therefore, it is for the Thessalonians and even for us that we need to be ready as the Lord returns and we await. Some of the Thessalonians were afraid of Christ's second coming because to them it meant judgment. So Paul went on in verses 8, 4 to 8, reminding them of who they are. They are children of light 
end of the day. See, Paul could say these of the Thessalonians is because he's confident that they are already living and walking well in the Lord. Paul went on to exhort them on how they are to be ready for Christ's second coming, which Goyi took us through last Sunday. To be awake, living out our identity in Christ as children of light and of the day. And to be sober, living out a life of integrity for Christ. Paul ended verse 8 with the idea of the hope of salvation as a helmet that the Thessalonians were to put on as they wait for the Lord's return. He encourages them to continue to wait in hope and confidence. In verses 9 and 10, which is our text for this morning, Paul explained why they can wait for the Lord's return in hope and confidence. And he concluded on the theme of the day of the Lord by calling them to action which we will see in verse 11. So right now, may I ask us to open up our Bibles, whether it is our physical Bible or our digital, to 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 9 to 11, and I will read from the English Standard Version. Verse 9. For God has not destined us for wrath, but to obtain salvation through our Lord Jesus Christ, who died for us so that, whether we are awake or asleep, we might live with him. Therefore, encourage one another and build one another up, just as you are doing. We can wait for the Lord's return in hope and confidence. Two reasons why we can wait in hope and confidence. The first reason is because of what God has appointed us to. The second reason is because of what Christ has accomplished for us. And as we wait in hope and confidence, we are called to action, to build, to build one another up. And that's why the title, As We Wait, We Build. Shall we commit this time to the Lord in prayer? Heavenly Father, give us a ready and receptive heart to listen to what you have to say to us from your word this morning. Father, this time is yours. Speak, O oh Lord, for your children listen. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. We can wait for the Lord's return in hope and confidence. Two reasons why we can wait for the Lord's return in hope and confidence. The first reason is because of what God has appointed us to. The second reason is because of what Christ has accomplished for us. The first reason, because of what God has appointed us to. Verse 9 says, For God has not destined us for wrath, but to obtain salvation through our Lord Jesus Christ. NIV translation says, For God did not appoint us to suffer wrath, but to receive salvation through our Lord Jesus Christ. The word appoint here is used regularly for God's sovereign determination of events. So what did God appoint us to as we read from verse 9? First, God appointed us to not suffer wrath. 
Wrath here in the context refers to God's eternal wrath. What is the wrath of God? Quoting from Pastor David's DJ on the 13th of June, the wrath of God is God reacting in revulsion against sin. It is his deeply personal abhorrence of evil. To suffer wrath, as John Stott explained, is to endure the fearful condemnation our sins deserve. You know, very often the wrath of God was mentioned in the Old Testament, and this is largely due to Israel's persistent unfaithfulness towards God. So that might have explained why some of the Thessalonians were afraid of Christ's second coming, because they were fearful that they would face God's judgment and suffer wrath. I was 13 years old, not now, but many years ago. <laughs> uh, I was secondary one, and I was making my way to Bukit Merah Bus Interchange, if you are familiar with that area. In order to get to the interchange, you need to cross the road, you know, on, on this side of the road. And, you know, I, out of sheer laziness, I decided to jaywalk. And of all places, I jaywalked right under the overhead bridge. And not knowing that there was a traffic police on the opposite side of the road. So the moment I crossed the road, this traffic police signaled me to go to her. I knew I was in deep trouble. GG, as what some of the young people would say. So I went to the traffic police, and, the, and before she could say anything, I said this. I said, please don't book me. I just got into this secondary school of my first choice. I don't want to have a black mark in my school record. Okay, I didn't make this up. These were the exact same words, and I can still remember up to today. And, you know, and I say, I will not repeat my offense. I want to guess what's the outcome of my very sincere and very desperate pleading. She didn't book me. She didn't book me because she said, okay, this is your first offense. Don't do it anymore. Well, as you can see, I still remember this saga up to today. And since then, I, as much as possible, I try not to jaywalk. <laughs> yeah, you are laughing because you also, as much as you can, not to jaywalk. You know the traffic light outside our church? Pretty often, there are no cars, right? <laughs> and then there's a red man there. No cars. I said, no, what if there's a traffic police around? <laughs> so I'll wait till it turns green and I cross the road. But besides the point of not jaywalking, um, this whole saga taught me how frightening it could be to have to face the possible penalty of my offence, and yet at the same time experiencing grace from someone of authority. In this case, for me, it is this traffic police extending grace to me. What about this God of wrath? We need to understand the heart of this God. And here are two passages to help us understand this heart of our God. Psalms 30 verse 5. His anger is but for a moment, and his favor is for a lifetime. Micah chapter 7 verse 18 to 19. Who is a God like you? pardoning iniquity and passing over transgression for the remnant of his inheritance. He does not retain his anger forever because he delights in steadfast love. He will again have compassion on us. He will tread our iniquities underfoot. 
you will cast all our sins into the depths of the sea. From Scripture, we see that this God of wrath is also a God of grace. That God's grace is greater than even His fiercest anger. Verse 9 a is a reminiscent of what 1 Thessalonians chapter 1, verse 10 said about wrath. And to wait for his son from heaven, whom he raised from the dead. Jesus, who delivers us from the wrath to come. Jesus is the one who delivers us from the wrath of God. Because God has not purposed us for us to suffer wrath. God has not appointed us to suffer wrath. Because he delights in steadfast love. So that brings us to the second part of verse 9. But to obtain salvation through our Lord Jesus Christ, or as NIV translated, to receive salvation. The conjunction but here shows the stark contrast to what God has appointed us to. Not to suffer wrath, but to obtain salvation. Salvation is the antithesis of wrath. To receive salvation in John Stott's words is a rescue from God's wrath and judgment and the corresponding gift of free forgiveness. As believers, we know that this salvation is solely the divine act of grace, nothing of our merit. Well, I have a confession to make. Confession is good for the soul, bad for the reputation. I've been a believer for 37 years, and I must say that I do have spiritual amnesia. What is that? It's that I tend to forget. I tend to forget that God is a God of wrath because He is a righteous God. You know, I could have faced the wrath of God because of my rebelliousness, but because of God's mercy and grace that I'm spared from it. And not only that, God gave me His gift of salvation so that I may be free from His judgment. This I mustn't forget. And how to help me not forget is that I seek to daily give thanks. I daily give thanks to God for the undeserving grace and mercy that He has given to me for the salvation that I have received. And to remind myself, I mustn't take God's grace for granted. And therefore, would I humbly call us as recipients of God's grace that we do not forget what He has appointed us to and to daily give thanks to Him for His divine act of grace towards us, having spared us from His wrath, to give thanks to God for His divine gift of salvation through Jesus Christ and seek to walk in ways that are pleasing to Him. Let us not have spiritual amnesia. We can wait for the Lord's return in hope and confidence. Two reasons why we can wait in hope and confidence. The first reason is because of what God has appointed us to. The second reason is because of what Christ has accomplished for us. In verse 10, who died for us, this is referring to Jesus, so that whether we are awake or asleep, we might live with Him. I like this Bible commentator, Jean L. Green, who explained verses 9 and 10a 
together so beautifully. Salvation from the wrath of God is the fruit of the redemptive work of Christ on the cross. What Christ has accomplished for us, He died for us. Christ died for our sins. He died on our behalf. Christ also died for our benefit so that we might live with Him. Again, quoting my favourite Bible commentator, John Stock. Our life is due entirely to His death and the kind of life He has won for us is a life lived with Him. Christ died for us that we might live with Him. The Greek word for the preposition with is soon, denoting with or together. It is a marker of an associative relation, often involving joint participation in some activity. When we receive salvation through Jesus, we live with Him. We together live in fellowship with Christ. So the moment you and I receive Jesus as our Lord and Saviour, our living with Christ has already begun on this side of eternity. And the living with Christ will continue until we see Him face to face and to eternity. The certainty of living with Christ when we receive salvation is what will give us that hope and confidence in waiting for the Lord's return. This is my mom's DJ. My mom became a believer in her 50s. Though having little education, uh, we still remember the day when she prayed to receive Christ. The next day, she read the entire Old, uh, New Testament within one day. Yeah, it's amazing. I haven't even done, well, I did it. I've done my New Testament, not one within one day, right? She had little education, but um, she was able to read the Bible very fluently and her, ex her vocabulary just expanded over a short span of time. And I believe it was God's gift to my mom. Mom had a daily routine every day. Wake up, breakfast, morning devotion with God, watch TV. Well, in the last few years of her life, she had dementia and she couldn't remember some parts of her daily routine, but never one part, her morning devotion with God. In the last week before the Lord called her home, I spotted her sitting on her armchair and she was spending hours reading the Bible. So I went to her and said, Mom, don't you want to watch TV? And she replied me in Cantonese, Moya, Translated, I don't want to watch TV. I want to spend time talking to God. I want to read His Word. The Lord took my mom home when she was 81. And in her 20 over years of being a believer, mom had lived with Christ. She had lived in close fellowship with Him. Mom had gone through a lot of trials and challenges, but she had always had her hope and confidence in the God whom she chose to follow and believe in. Hence the words in her journal that she wrote, It's God who gives me strength. It's God who tells me not to be afraid because He is with me. For those of us who have received salvation through Jesus, this is a question I want to humbly ask us, but I'm also asking myself, are we now living with Christ? 
Do we see living a close fellowship with Christ as a first and most needed priority in life? You know, we all have our calendar that we write down the events that we want to have every day. If we were to have a life calendar and we look into it, is Christ in our life calendar? Are we living with Him or are we living apart from Him? And for our friends who have yet to believe in Jesus, today you hear of Jesus dying for us so that we might live with Him. I believe that today it is Jesus' invitation to you is that would you receive my gift of salvation so that you might live with me. Later at the end of the service, I would like to make that call for those of us that today, if Jesus has given you this invitation, would you receive it? We can wait for the Lord's return in hope and confidence. Two reasons why we can wait in hope and confidence. The first reason is what God has appointed us to. The second reason is because of what Christ has accomplished for us. And as we wait in hope and confidence, we are called to action, to build, to build one another up. Verse 11, Therefore encourage one another and build one another up just as you are doing. There are two imperatives in verse 11, encourage and build. And both actually are in present continuous tense, meaning to say it is to be done in a habitual way as we wait for the Lord's return. To encourage is to strengthen, to exhort, to comfort. And we can do so through words, through actions. When we encourage one another, we are strengthening one another. To build up is an idea that Paul would use to call the Christian community to help one another to grow and progress in their faith. What can we encourage and build one another up? 18th of June, in a DJ reflection, this is what Pastor David wrote, it is critical to helping one another to keep awake and sober and not fall into spiritual slumber and spiritual drunkenness, but walk and grow in faith, love, and hope. The last days are difficult times, so the Word of God calls us to encourage one another and all the more as you see the day drawing near. Hebrews 10, 25. How can we help encourage one another? Help one another to keep awake and sober. Encourage each other to walk and grow in faith, love, and hope. Encourage one another to pursue God, His holiness, and His righteousness. This is how we can build one another up. We started a noontime pray for nations, prayer meeting every Wednesday since last June, where we invite our mission partners to share with us updates as well as prayer requests. And covenanters would join in to pray with and pray for our mission partners and their countries. For the past few months, our mission partner from Sri Lanka, the Centre Church, Wednesday after Wednesday, they come and pray with us, even though that week was not for us to uh, hear about Sri Lanka. And almost without missing any session, the senior pastor of the church and some of the church staff would join us to pray 
Now, bearing in mind, Sri Lanka is two and a half hours behind us. So our noon time is their 9.30 in the morning. So in other words, they have actually were prepared to set aside 45 minutes of their working time to pray with us. We're so encouraged and inspired by these brothers and sisters from Sri Lanka because we all know what their country is going through right now. And we've also heard from the church how even the church are going through very challenging times. Yet, in spite of what they are going through, these brothers and sisters from Sri Lanka have not forgotten to pray for nations. I think this is a very beautiful picture of what building one another up looks like. That we stand with one another in prayer. That we encourage one another with words of affirmation and encouragement. That we'll be present with one another to journey through life situations. That together we reach out to the last, the least, and the lost so that they will experience the love of Jesus through us. Therefore, encourage and build one another up. You know, today seated amongst us, there will be those of us who need encouragement. As a matter of truth, I think we all need encouragement, don't we? At the first service, my brother and my sister-in-law came to support me. They prayed for me. I told them, this is my booster jab. We all need encouragement. But what better way to encourage one another than to pray? So I'm going to do something a little different, not in a usual service, uh, sermon way, is for us to have time right now to pray for one another. It is to pray for the person on your left and on your right. So I'm going to give us a moment. I'll prompt you to pray. Pray for the person on your left first and on the right. It doesn't matter. You don't know the person, it is okay. Because I want us to pray as a community of God's people. Pray. Pray that they will be trusting the Lord in hope and confidence of what the Lord had promised. Pray that they will walk and grow in faith, love, and hope. Pray that they will live with Christ. Shall we do that? All right? You don't have to look at the person. Just on the side, pray. Let's do this together as a church. Ready? One, two, go. Let's pray for the person on your left. Yes, we pray that God will bless our brother and sister, that indeed they will continue to walk in faith, that they will continue to trust you, that, Lord, they will continue indeed to look up to you and believe that indeed you are the Lord God who is indeed the God of their life. And Father, we pray that, Lord, in every life situation, may you remind them that you are the God who loves them, that you are the God who cares for them, that they not be afraid, because, God, you said to them that you will never leave them, nor would you forsake them. So would you bless, bless our brothers and sisters, dear God. Right now, I ask you to pray for the person on your right. Same prayer. But if you know that person, and if you know some specific needs, Pray specifically. It could even be your spouse that's sitting next to you or your child, your friend. Let's pray. Let's be the community to pray for one another. Yes, Father, we continue to trust in you. That God indeed, Father, we can have such a privilege to be called your people. And this very day, God, we pray that you continue to help us to look to you, dear God. And Father, to be remain steadfast. Remain steadfast, oh Father God, as we seek to follow you. As we seek, oh Father God, to live a life that is pleasing and acceptable before you. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Let's take the last 10 seconds to pray for the person on your right.
Lord, this is our prayer that we've offered for our brothers and sisters. Hear them. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So brothers and sisters, as we wait for the return of the Lord, let us make building one another up as one key priority in our community. Let's be the church that will encourage and build one another up as we together wait for the return of the Lord. We can wait in hope and confidence for the return of the Lord because of what God has appointed us to, because of what Christ has accomplished for us. And as we wait, we build one another up. As I bring this sermon to a close, let me end with this story. I believe many of us know of this incident. 23rd June 2018, 12 boys went exploring a cave in Chiang Rai together with their football coach, and they were trapped in a cave under a mountain. National Geographic produced a documentary called The Rescue, uh, depicting the chronological events leading to the safe rescue of the boys and the coach. Two British divers, John Volaton and Rick Stanton, they dived in in search for life. But they were about to give up because they smelled pungent smell. But that moment, they heard clattering and they saw a flashlight. And lo and behold, there were the 12 boys and their coach. And the first thing that came out from the boys was, thank you. And then followed by a question, can we go outside? And John repeatedly assured them, we come, we come, many people are coming. Then and he, and he further encouraged them with these four words, you are very strong. The two divers made way to spend some time with the boys, and Rick said this, as we left, pretty much of them came and hugged us individually. Ten days, they were able to see someone and they could hug physically. Imagine that. John said, I make them a promise that I would come back. At a part of the documentary, I could see the eyes of the boys that from that hopeless look, it became having a tinge of hope because someone said to them, I will come back for you. 17 days after they were discovered, they were rescued to safety. The words, you are very strong, would probably be the most needed thing the boys needed to hear to give them strength. Simple yet assuring words, we come, Many people are coming. We have given them the hope and confidence as they wait. Brothers and sisters, as God's people, we have our hope and confidence in the one who says, Surely I am coming soon. Jesus says he is coming soon. And this is with certainty. This is the Jesus who has died for us so that we might live with him. This is the Jesus who through him we have salvation and are spared from the wrath of God. This is the Jesus who tells us to love one another and to build one another up as we wait for his return. This is the Jesus whom John Stott wrote about that I would like to quote as a concluding thought. The Christ who is coming to us is the very same Christ who died for us and rose again. Our coming King is none other than our crucified and risen Saviour. We therefore have absolutely nothing to fear. On the contrary, we may be certain that nothing can separate us from Him 
who died to bring us to himself. Therefore, comfort and courage and upbuild one another with these words. Can I invite us to close our eyes as we come into a time of response for the worship team to come? Brothers and sisters, Jesus died for us so that we might live with him. We will need to wait till the Lord's return to live with him in eternity. The living with him is now. But the question to all of us, and it was also a question for myself to reflect over this week, is are we now living with Christ? Are we living a close fellowship with Christ? Because we see this as our first and most needed priority in life. And if you and I were to honestly look into our life calendar at this moment, where is Christ? Are we living with Him or apart from Him? Our Lord is surely coming soon. And we have the hope and confidence in Christ to wait for His return. But it's the Lord's desire too to see that as we wait, we are now living with Him. That we let Him be the King in our life right now. This was a prayer that I wrote down for myself as I was reflecting on this. This prayer it's a prayer to the Lord that says, Lord Jesus, forgive me if I have lived apart from you. Today come once again to reign as my heart's king. I want to live with you now. I want to make living a close fellowship with you as my first and most needed priority in life. I do not know if this prayer resonates with your heart. But if this is a prayer that so resonates with your heart and today you say, God, I want to. I want to commit to living with you now. I want to commit in letting my life calendar to have you back as king in my life. If that is your desire to commit to the Lord, we will fail but that's where the grace of God comes in, brothers and sisters. But the question is, will I today make this commitment that I will live with Christ now? If that is your commitment and your desire, where you are seated still with our eyes closed, just between us and God, that you will place your right hand on your heart as a way to say, yes, God, today, Come and live in my life. And I want to live with you now. And I'm going to say the prayer once more. You can agree with me in prayer as I say this prayer. Lord Jesus, forgive me if I've lived apart from you. Today come once again to reign as my heart's king. I want to live with you now. I want to make living a close fellowship with you as my first and foremost needed priority in life. 
come and be the king of my heart and my life once again. You may put your hand down. You know, for those of us, as I have encouraged, if you have not yet known Jesus, and today you hear invitation from Jesus that you come and receive this gift of salvation from me so that you might live with me. And this prayer that we've just prayed is an invitation for Jesus to come into our life to be the King so that we might live with Him. So if you have not yet a believer, but you have also joined us to pray this prayer earlier on, would you just quietly lift up your right hand to say that, yes, Jesus, I want to receive this gift of salvation from you today so that I may live with you, that you can be the king in my life. If that's you, would you just lift up your right hand with every eyes closed so that I can pray for you. Father, we want to thank you for these ones, O oh God, who have responded. And Father, I want to pray that God indeed, as they have invited you into their life as king, that would you continue to let them experience the joy of having the salvation through Jesus. Father, you bless them and help them to have a community that will build them up as they grow in faith. In Jesus' name. And for all of us, dear God, we pray that as we continue to wait for your return on this side of eternity, Father, though we may not see what the future would bring, but we know with certainty that the day will come where we will stand face to face in your presence and our joy will be complete. So keep us close to you, Father God, at all times as we hope and confidently wait in you as we trust in you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Let's stand together as we worship Him who is none above all, none before Him. As we wait in great anticipation of the coming King. Nations reach Kingdoms rise There is still one King There is still one King Reigning over all So I will not fear For this truth remains That my God is the ancient Worship Him, lift Him up. Love Him, none before Him, all of time in His hands. For His glory shall we never say. All the power, all the glory, I'll trust in His name.
you had spent some time listening to God's Word, and we hope that the message has ministered to you. Should you require more assistance, kindly call 6892-6811 or you can visit us at www.cefc.org.sg for more sermon titles. God bless you in your spiritual pilgrimage ahead.